Hi everyone, my name's Dave Ward and I'd like to welcome you to the Ancient Prophets Modern Message podcast. The podcast takes the form of a short reflection based on a reading from one of the 12 minor prophets. Each episode is divided into four sections. We read from one of the prophets, think about what we've read, use what we've read as an opportunity to pray and then look at a simple way we might begin to live what we've learned. Read, think, pray and live. This is the second episode in series four of the podcast where we're looking at Joel announcing the day of the Lord. Joel part two, real repentance. There's a lot of difference between religious ritual and real repentance. External rituals only mean anything if they're linked to an inward change that has already happened. We're going to read from Joel chapter two, verses 12 to 14. That is why the Lord says, turn to me now while there's time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps he'll give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray. Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, Has the God of Israel left them? Repentance is about a change of mind and heart. It's also about changing your direction of travel. Both of these changes should ultimately lead to a change not just in your thinking, but also in your behaviour. In the New Testament, when some religious leaders came to John the Baptist for baptism, he explained, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. For him, the act of baptism was an outward sign of an already existing inward change. Joel says that outward signs of grief and mourning are not enough. 
a deeper work of repentance is necessary so that our responses to our sense of sinning against God are not just ritualistic and superficial, but honest and deeply sincere. Ritual repentance, confession and penance are meaningless unless they spring from hearts and minds that are already turning back to God in deep sorrow and unless they result in changed behaviour. In this instance, it's not an individual, but a whole nation that God is calling to repentance. In our days, it may be that the church of which we are part, locally or universally, may not be right before God. How then do we find a way forward involving real repentance? In Judah's case, it involved fasting, a solemn meeting where we can help and encourage each other in repentance. It involved all age groups. Even the children needed to be part of the returning to God and not protected from it, vital if they're to avoid repeating the pattern. It involves setting aside all other priorities. It involves the example of the leaders of the church who often bear responsibility for allowing the situation to develop in the first place. Ultimately, it requires the whole group or church to understand that our sin is a failure to truly reflect our Father God and to cause others to mock and dishonour God as a result. Repentance may seem simple, but real repentance is a serious thing. And so we pray. Father, I'm far from perfect yet. Many times every day I do things I know I shouldn't do and I fail to do things I should. I know I can always repent, confess my sin and be forgiven. Sometimes I'm guilty of taking that for granted. I ask forgiveness because I know I can and I should and then I go right back to the behaviour, the thoughts, the lifestyle I've just confessed. Thank you for your grace. Help me never to cheapen it by saying one thing and doing another. Help me to make certain that my hands follow my heart, that my change of heart and mind are followed by a change in my lifestyle. Help me, Lord, to keep repentance real. Amen. I came across this in the book Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. As long as I keep pretending, my soul keeps dying. Oddly enough, I don't just pretend in front of other people. <clears throat> I pretend with God. My friend Scotty says that sometimes we ask for forgiveness, but we know full well we'll go back to the same sin tomorrow. We don't really want forgiveness, we just want to get out of trouble. He says it would be better to pray like this. Dear God, I sinned yesterday, I sinned again today, 
and I'm planning to go out and do the same sin tomorrow. In Jesus' name, Amen. It may not quite reflect the maturity of thy will be done, but it is better to be an honest mess before God than an honest saint. You desire truth in the innermost parts, the psalmist said to God, and that's soul talk. This is part of the sheer healing powers of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. Confession is good for the soul. I wonder how that extract from the book makes you feel. Is there anything you need to do about it? And a final prayer. Father, keep me constantly aware of your loving presence wherever I go today. Jesus, help me to resemble you in the things I do, think and say with all the people I will meet today. Spirit, open my eyes to see you at work in the world and prompt me to join in with what I see. Amen.